Thanks for taking time out of your day to give me a listen. I'm Darren, and this is the show where the guests on my list get to have some fun with their favourite list countdowns, and we get to know them and their work a little better. This is interview episode number four that was recorded on the 11th of December back in 2020. If you're new to the show, this is how it works. Each week, I invite a host or hosts of a podcast to be my guest on the show and to count down their top 10 list and a topic of their choosing. Along the way, we take breaks and ask questions to discover the story behind the guest's work and get a little bit more up close and personal with the creators. Delve a little deeper into their world and hopefully we have some fun with their lists as well. If you'd like to get in contact with me or submit suggestions and ideas for the show, you can get in touch at my guest list pod pretty much everywhere you look. All the links are also in the show notes each week, so you can check there as well. And that includes submitting your own top 10 lists. If you have a good one, send it through and I might read it out on the show. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or wherever you can. A five-star rating would be appreciated, or just tell someone about the show that you think might be interested. So no mucking about today, as it is a long episode. The interview was so long I had to split it into two shows. So next week, instead of a review show, you will get part two of this interview. Uh, And in saying that, here we go. A while ago now, when I was finally serious about getting a podcast up and running, I put out a call for guests in a podcast Facebook group that I joined. Being new and not having any episodes to speak of, I wasn't exactly expecting to get too many takers. However, I was taken aback at the enthusiasm and the amount of people that were nice enough to put their hands up and say that they were interested in doing an interview. And my two guests today were amongst that very generous and brave group. Brave, as they had no idea what they were getting themselves into. Fast forward a few months, and after a couple of hiccups that thrown at us by 2020, it is finally my pleasure to be able to have them on the show. Orlando and Julian are what Aussies would call a couple of good blokes. They present a fun, informative, and entertaining show that explores the topics making headlines today, while also dishing out a bit of homespun philosophy on life in general. The Invincibly Broken podcast is obviously a show from a male perspective, but it's not your usual testosterone-fueled rants by a couple of bulletproof vulgar cavemen. In a refreshingly candid way, the guys call on a wealth of life experience to tackle issues, usually not the topic of conversation when men get together. Depression, relationships, a man's role in today's ever-changing world. Is it midget or little person? And what the hell is up with Cardi B and WAP? These are some of the serious and not-so-serious issues the boys dissect on a weekly basis. So without further ado, I am very happy to welcome Orlando and Julian from the Invincibly Broken podcast to my guest list pod. That was the best intro. I, we're going to have to hire you to do our intro for our podcast. <laughs> that you. was amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, I try. That was, I mean, that was incredible. That was awesome. And <laughs> midget, little person. I like that. <laughs> uh, look, you, you guys throw up some, some funny things in a lot of your episodes. And while there's a lot of serious talk, you, you also uh, you have some fun and you keep it lighthearted. And uh, I think that's part of the appeal of your show. So. How are things going? Well, you respect. Def- Sorry. Oh no, but uh, we really appreciate it, and that's kind of like one of the things that we kind of brought together. I mean, as far as we do tend to talk talk about some like serious, real talk, but you know, we we definitely keep it lighthearted. Yeah, uh, definitely. How are things in your respective areas concerning COVID? Uh, I know you're probably pretty tired of 
being asked that question, but uh, in Australia, you know, things have really turned around for us, which is good. But I know the the states are in a little bit more dire position at the moment. So, uh, how are things for you guys personally? Well, it's a it's it's definitely a up and down roller coaster. I think you can call it that. I personally live in in Central Florida, and pretty much after the I think like the first six weeks. Um, the state of Florida just threw their hands up and said, whatever, we don't care. You know, they just kind of let their, their very little restrictions other than wearing a mask um, in private establishments and stuff like that. But other than that, there are no mandatory restrictions and whatnot. So it's been, you know, but to me, COVID's been, I mean, we Julie and I talk about this in the podcast a lot. COVID has been good for us, you know, this is how we started the podcast. You know, I went down a health journey and, and lost about uh, 45 pounds. Um, so I can't, I can't, I really can't complain. Okay. That that's and same for you, Julian. And, um, it, very similar for me. So I just actually just moved from Texas to, um, now in North Carolina. I've been here all of a month and, you know, in the state of Texas, you know, because it's, it is one of the bigger states, um, they, eh, they're a little bit more restrictive, but I mean, it, it, this whole COVID situation has just been pretty much a dumpster fire, um, <laughs> affecting everybody. So, I mean, we, we do as best as we can. I mean, we're still seeing, uh, I, I'm still feeling some of the, the effects, uh, just recently, my kids, their school shut down again and now they're all back uh doing school virtually which it's really tough with a five-year-old <laughs> i can imagine to have her sit in front of a tablet and try and make her learn it, it's it's a challenge and now you know i'm back to work but you know you know slap wife you know tag you're it now she's yeah. the one that has to deal with uh with child yes. um and, yeah. and it's a challenge but you know Thank God, you know, we haven't had any issues. Uh, family members have been affected by it. Currently, my mother-in-law is kind of going through it, and she tested negative again. Okay. I mean, excuse me, positive again. So, I mean, there, there's there's challenges, but we're, you know, uh, very – in true American fashion, we're just putting our shoulders down and trying to <laughs> uh, muscle our way through Soldier it. Soldier you know? on sort of thing, so, yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, look, um, it's not good to hear about your mother-in-law, obviously, but uh, hopefully she'll she'll be fine. But yeah, look, I, I know that, um, uh, especially you, Orlando, you're in a compromised sort of uh, situation with uh, recovering from thyroid cancer, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah thyroid cancer. Yep. So yeah, I'm sure yeah. that it's something that probably uh, you have to definitely watch out for um, and and make sure that uh, you're doing everything that you you can to to stay away from it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it was definitely, it's been a major concern, um, especially, uh, you know, for me and my family, it was, you know, being in remission of cancer, I, I went through, I went through radiation treatment and, you know, uh, it did, I have a compromised immune system and, and I still suffer from an autoimmune disease mm. and, you know, and I, at first I was really nervous and, and whatnot, but, um, a lot that a lot of it has to do with the reason why I decided to start working out and eating better and, and taking and taking vitamins and stuff like that. But um <laughs> what what are you what are you doing? 
<laughs> my mic was fa- the, the where I'm supposed to speak. I apologize. It was it's facing right. the wrong way, so you probably can hear me a little bit. And you're trying now. to be quiet about it. It's just not working. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Audio anyway, is easy. It's like a cat burglar trying to walk Thank through you. a house in the middle of the anyway, day. Oh That's it. <laughs> so um no so yeah so so um so it's definitely a concern um you know but you know unfortunately i i i have to work and i have to go out and get groceries and i live in a pretty rural part of florida so i don't have a lot of the luxuries of a lot of delivery services and uber eats and stuff like that so okay you know i go out i take i mean before before covid i traveled a lot for work i was i worked in my in my day job i work i travel all the 50 states and here here on stateside and and i i i skeeve people naturally <laughs> like i don't like i don't like close encounters yeah. with people so you know wash my hands uh make sure i don't touch things that i shouldn't touch like i get annoyed when people sneeze and they don't cover their mouth type thing so uh so i just try to keep keep to that and i carry a bottle of lysol and hand sanitizer and in the in the in the passenger seat of my car at all times. Look, I can understand that, and that was the first thing um, I, I got diagnosed with uh, asthma late in life, and after probably the time when I should have actually been diagnosed properly with it. So I've got some lung scarring myself. So that's wow. one of the first things I did was actually uh, put a, a bottle of hand sanitizer in the car, and actually my my wife gave it me gave it to me to put in the car, and uh, I've been pretty careful myself. And fortunately, we we don't. We haven't suffered exactly as uh, as badly as the the states have, but mm-hmm. um, you've just got to be uh, uh, diligent with your hygiene and you know like do the, the the things that make sense, you know, common sense things, washing your hands, and the only thing that's yeah. hard for me being you know, like yourself, probably in, uh, I'm in sales, and uh, a handshake is uh, an opener to uh, you know the rapport you have with someone, and that's Absolutely. that's sort of yes. lost to us at the moment, so. Yeah. It's, it's like a it's like an awkward moment when you see somebody you Completely. haven't seen in a while and you're like, yeah. do you hug? Do you fist give them the fist bump? Give them the I ask permission. I'm like, can, can I shake your hand? Which sounds even weirder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 strange. It's a little strange sometimes, but uh, well, it's uh, the world we live in at the moment. So yeah, okay. Look, that's that's enough of the negative. You know, it's uh, I wanted to bring you guys on. This is a, a place where I wanted to uh, celebrate the fantastic work you do. So I wanted to get to know you guys. And I wanted everybody out there to get to know you guys too. So my first question to you is, how long have you guys been friends, and how did you meet? Go ahead, Julian. I'll let you take that off. Okay. Oh, thank you very much. You're uh, a gentleman. Um, so we're our friendships going on mm, uh, nearing the 20 year mark. Uh, we actually met in our early 20s when we used to uh, uh, work security at a very dodgy. <laughs> dodgy. We could say that. Dodgy would be a good word. Dodgy would be a good word. That's a um, uh, uh, in a a state in stateside we'd call it a ghetto nightclub. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, I understand. So, yeah, very questionable uh, patrons. But um, so that's what uh, that's how our that, that's how we met. Our friendship, um, you know, blossomed uh, during a riot. 
in said club and um actually throughout we actually ended up becoming like roommates for a little bit and then you know we kind of parted ways not parted ways but we went our separate ways you know i've been married a million times and he's been married once (laughs) Um, i have too many kids and he has two and you know because Mm -hmm. of my job you know i've had to travel um like i still have my hair Slowly Actually, yeah, you. no, I, I, I was gorgeous, but met me, but now I'm like falling apart. Um, and uh, I mean, that's how the friendship uh, started, began. Um, and uh, one of the things that kind of brought us back together was, um, you know, over the years, we were like, hey, hi, how you doing? Social media and things like that, a phone call here, there. But, um, you know, Orlando has opened up a lot about, you know, his his experience with cancer and almost a year ago i kind of had my little experience with cancer um but mine was caught like super early and it was removed okay but when that initial you know um notification came the first person i called was orlando yeah yeah and 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 from there kind of it took on to you know we talked about it and he asked me you know i went through from Step one from diagnosis and and going through it and I we played through a lot of the what ifs and and then we we touched on I told him about how the more the more difficult part was the the mental health part afterwards you know after cancer and I I started having dealing with depression and anxiety and then Julian had opened up that he had he also had gone through this in his life due to other other reasons that we've talked about in our podcast before and um you know and then lo and behold covid happens and julian starts a podcast on his own he just did one episode where he was just talking about you know highlighting what's going on in covid um and he shot me a text message and he was like hey listen to my podcast i was like okay great and i listened to his podcast and i was like i call i picked up the phone called him right away and I was like, I want it. I was like, I think it could be so much better. I was like, I know you. It was, it was, it was a good episode. But I know Julian, and Julian is not a monologuer. He definitely is better through conversation. Yeah. And I like to have conversations. It's real difficult for me, just like drone on and on. Mm-hmm. And um, we started out with two gaming headsets and skype and we recorded our first video was i mean our first podcast episode and it was complete dog poo poo (laughs) so we so we went and we bought some equipment and uh and that's pretty much where we are now fantastic well that was that was actually going to be one of my questions what was what made you what, what made you julian start a podcast was it just the whole your home covid or uh you know and and then from there what was that aha moment that brought you to where you are now well for me the podcast thing i've actually something that i've been wanting to do for some time um i just didn't obviously with work and family and all that never really knew how to start it where to begin you know uh what you know look at resources and, and things like that what kind of equipment and then you know COVID hit we were remanded we had the first uh the first lockdown and um and I, I love my family, but I can only be around them for so long. And I took, um, yeah, I created a 19 minute episode that took me three hours to record. And <laughs> from there, uh, um, yeah, I just, 
I, I just put it out into the universe. I uploaded it into Spotify and, you know, uh, a couple of days later, I actually, I, I get a phone call from, um, uh, from Orlando. No, it started off with the text and then it went into a phone call. He was like, yeah, you know, giving me his, his, you know, uh, critique, you know, critiquing, yeah. you know, saying, Hey, maybe this, maybe that we could do. And then, Oh, by the way, I want in. And I was like, cool. Cause I don't like talking by myself. And, yeah. and like, and he was right. A monologue is very hard to do because, uh, I'm the type of person that I feed off of other people's energy. And the only thing that I was feeding off of was, you know, cause I had to go into my daughter's room because it was the fluffiest place. So the sound quality <laughs> was, was a little yeah, bit better. Yeah. <laughs> so the only energy that I had to feed off of was like, uh, you know, a princess poppy doll and, you know, <laughs> uh, a baby unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally unicorns and princesses. And, um, and that's how it started. And just like he said, the first thing that we did, uh, we started, we literally started off with, uh, gaming headsets. I, I borrowed one of my, one of the headsets from my son, uh, cause he's got like a, a million of them and there are, our first episode, we were all pumped up. We listened to it back and we were like, no, <laughs> no, we're not putting this out into the universe. Not like that. And, um, we've gone from, uh, putting pillows behind our screens, you know, to do the sound treatment yeah. to, uh, I, I, I actually ended up putting them uh, a little bit of money and I built a semi, you know, Dedicated functional, studio. it's yeah. functional, yeah. Uh, a little studio here at my desk in my little office. Fantastic. Uh, space, so. No, that's it's, it's great. And look, uh, I guess that's the evolution of a lot of people's podcasts and including mine. Uh, I, I bought four sort of budget price microphones because I had intended to do a, a podcast with my, my uh, three sons and didn't really work out that way. The lure of the Xbox is probably a little bit, uh, more than speaking with dad. Uh, but I'm like you, I, I wanted a co-host, but none of my friends were really into podcasting and they're fairly introspective, a lot of them. And the ones that are probably a little bit more gregarious or out there, um, I probably wouldn't want to podcast too much with them because we could get ourselves into trouble. Um, so, uh, it was a matter of, uh, I, th I thought of something that I, I really wanted to, like, I'd listened to podcasts since 2012, I think it is. And I thought I'd love to do something to be able to give back to the community and, and support other people like yourselves who have started up and I've listened to your shows and they've been really funny and uh, really informative. And they've been, they've been great because you deal with a lot of issues that, you know, especially men don't talk about in, other men's company. So it's been, it's been good to listen to that. So, and in saying that, I guess one of the important questions and the question a lot of people will probably be asking is why the name Invincibly Broken? Oh, I'll answer that because that was my, yes. I felt like it was a, uh, you ever have one of those moments where the light bulb turns on and yeah. the hamster starts to yes. move the wheel and it's like <laughs> Eureka? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, we, when we started talking about it, Julian did, we, and I did a lot of like think tanking, like, what are we going to do? What's this? What is our, what's the show going to be about? And, you know, Julian and I, uh, though we're friends, we have, we don't have a ton of, I would say, common interests in, in a lot of ways, you know, like we like sports. I'm definitely more heavily into the analytics of sports, like baseball, American football, things like that, where Julian is, he's like, he's a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but like, but he is more of a casual fan versus like, I mean, like a bunch of fantasy football leagues. Fancy um, stats. He listens, 
yeah, like he's uh, he's heavy. He likes heavy metal and rock. I'm a hip hop and R and B guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I like I like fashion and sneakers. And Julian is very simple when it comes to fashion. So a lot of different. We didn't have a lot of like minded ideas, but we know we get along. And every time we get together, it's fun. We joke around. The one thing that we do have in common is that we're both complete nerds. And we like <laughs> sci-fi, and yeah. we like, you know, um, just a bunch of like other things. And we ha- and we also have very like-minded views and opinions, and but we contrast in a lot of ways. So I told him, I said, you know, I kind of want to just what we do is just keep it an open platform, and let's just keep talking about stuff we'll just find stuff to talk about and we'll talk about it and try to be as real as possible and we started going down these names and honestly i can't even remember these names honestly the the first several names i think we were just making fun of the possibility of coming up with names i i think for a while we were trying to do something with the word pig in it like iron pigs or something i don't even know why but um it just came to me and i said invincibly broken and he was like whoa that's it and i was like and and really what it really is is you got two friends who met each other in their 20s where we were young we had you know then no problems we were invincible like we felt we were on top of the world we were nightclub bouncers we felt like action heroes like he's on a schwarzenegger he's on a schwarzenegger and i'm like steven seagal and you know like like we could kick the crap out of anybody type thing and and get away with it but as we grown and we've moved into this realm of middle age we find out that we're not so invincible right and you know and you know we've we have we have fallen you know we've we've our high horse is we've been kicked off our high horse and you know because whether it's because of illness or divorce or social status or you know tough times we've we've become a little humbled and and though we may have been broken, we still we still persevere. It's life. You know, those challenges come up and it's kind of like an oxymoron play on words, invincibly yeah. broken. I think everybody is a little invincibly broken. And that was the whole purpose. Uh, well, it wasn't really the whole purpose. We stumbled onto the purpose of our podcast <laughs> later on. Later on. <laughs> Look, I think it's apropos to everything that you do. And it's a fantastic um, name and I think it it sparks interest because people want to know what it means and why the name. So it's a a, a great uh, first thing for people to see when they they come across it in a, a podcast list. Um, and so yeah, it's great. And you were saying you're nerds, so let's get into today's list. So uh, obviously. I'll ask the first. The, the list is top ten conspiracy theories. So I want to know why you picked these over everything else that I probably offered up in terms of a top ten list. Why this? Why this topic? Uh, so I'll answer that question. So that's one of the things that we love conspiracy theories. And actually, early on our podcast, you know, um, adventure. We actually uh, decided to go off topic of what we normally go, and we wanted to drop like we called them. Um, what do we call them? We oh, call like them, a bonus episode. Oh, no, uh, side quests. Side, side quests. Quest. Side quest. We call them yeah. side quests. And one of the first ones that we did um, was like conspiracy theories, but then later on we um, 
because then we realized that we could just talk way too much and way too long about the conspiracy theories because that's something that we love. So we just went with aliens. And okay. then uh, we were going to kind of break it down by episode in the conspiracy. We never got to it because, like he said, we stumbled upon what the kind of like the true, like the, the spirit of what we want to do, which is, you know, talking about what men don't talk about. Um, and we just kind of went away from that a little bit. But no, I mean, we're, we're huge, huge geeks, nerds. Um, somebody asked, started asking us about our favorite sci-fi shows and I started naming shows from like the seventies that I used, that I grew up with and Ligon's yeah. Run. I'm sorry. Ligon's Run. Ever heard of that one? Like something like that, you know, like the original Buck Rod. Jersey, oh, yes. like yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the million dollar man, uh, the bionic woman and thing, <laughs> yeah. things like that. Great. Yeah, exactly. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- look, I, I think we'd get along actually. There's, uh, uh, that's pretty much my sort of era as well in terms of, you know, the, the original Buck Rogers and, uh, Battlestar oh, yeah. Galactica and things like that. So, uh, the original, uh, Apollo and Starbuck, uh, before it went into yes. the, the reboot, which I wasn't a big fan of, but, uh, yeah, but look, let's not get sidetracked on that because we'd probably go off on a tangent and be here all day. <laughs> so, okay, so let's count down your number 10. What's your number 10 top conspiracy theory? Yeah, so that would be the conspiracy theory around the Denver airport. And I know some, probably your main audience is going to be in Australia, but for, for some of you guys, it's the – Denver is a, is a city in, Col- in Colorado, a state here in the United States, and – it's a very interesting it's a very interesting story. So Denver pretty much had an international airport that was highly functional and fine. There was not a need for a new airport and back in the um I believe it was like the late 80s early 90s they developed this plan to build this massive huge airport at Denver and it really didn't uh, didn't make sense to a lot of people and there was a lot of things surrounding um, the, the construction, you know, people would say they would see weird vehicles going in and tunnels being built. Um, so, so to kind of just kind of give a generalization on it, they built this, this, it took, it took, I think an extra three years to finish the project, the, the actual airport. And they also went over budget by $2 billion and nobody knows why. There isn't any. It's a it's a privately owned airport by whoever hedge, but there's all kinds of theories. They think this is this was built by Nazis um, because some they say the runways in 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 the Denver International Airport are shaped as like a like a, a swastika. Yeah, yeah, swastika. And um and I've seen some aerial videos. They it kind of does. Is mm. it really one? I don't know. But you know, people see what they want to see. It, there's some art, some questionable artwork that um that's at uh that's at Denver International where there's like little kids like burning and and whatnot and like skulls and they say it's very satanic some of these this artwork and some people think it's a a, a huge military installation where like we're getting prepared for the end of the world. And it's a bunker to put people in when if something were to happen. Some people also say that they're hiding aliens. Did you have something, Julian? To, to yeah, I, I was going to add to that. But so um, 
and and I mean it's it's a global organization, but you know a, a lot of them they talk about like the Illuminati, and then they also uh, bring up the Freemasons. So with, with the Freemasons, because you know um, <laughs> it's funny because on most major buildings in the United States, when that building is dedicated, it is dedicated by one of the local Freemason lodges, but automatically a lot of people see the, the the square and compass of the Freemasons and they're like, ah, Illuminati, secret society. So that's, that's another thing about uh, that's going with the Denver uh, airport that they're talking about that. Oh, you know, possible like meeting places, very apocalyptic, you know, uh, visuals, you know, like he was talking about like the paintings and things like that. So there's it. Denver airport has so many conspiracies going around. I mean, you could, you could really go down a rabbit hole with all the conspiracies, uh, all, all the conspiracy theories about Denver Airport. It, I must admit, I, I looked at your list and I went, number one, yeah, number two, yeah. That's when all the, all down the list I went, yeah, look, they're all, they're all the big ones sort of thing. And I got to number 10 and went, Denver Airport. What could be wrong with an airport sort of thing? So, <laughs> um, and I went and had a look at, uh, a couple of YouTube videos and, uh, you see Lucifer and the, the, the guy who sculpted the, the horse died when part of the horse actually fell on him and he, he died yep. later on. And, and they were talking about how someone owned a neon shop and that's why the eyes are neon red and it was his father owned a neon shop or something that I thought was a very sort of like loose connection. Um, they had a, a reporter go down into the tunnels and they went down and there was the third floor, but there was no second or first floor in the elevator. And yep. he asked the question, he said, where's the first and the second floor? And she just, pretty much ignored it. <laughs> so I thought to myself, okay, um, you know, it like you said, it went over by billions of dollars. It's a huge airport in the middle of nowhere. There's no support in terms of hotels or any sort of utilities around the actual airport itself. There's a lot to question uh, in terms of why, I think. So I, uh, it's a very valid conspiracy theory. Absolutely. And there's also been some questions about who actually put the money up for the airport. There isn't a, a solid paper trail that leads mm. back to any one nor, uh, one known organization. And I've, I personally have flown into the Denver airport many times. And every time I land there, I'm like looking for stuff. <laughs> Not that I know that I'm going to see anything. I'm always looking, but I will tell you that horse that they built. It is a funky looking horse. That thing looks like it rode out of the depths of hell. Oh, for it looks sure. evil. Yeah. I've, I've, and I saw people standing next to it. That's like 35 feet high or something. It's huge. I think it's, it's probably bigger to be yeah. honest with you. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I would say probably, uh, it's gotta be more than a hundred feet. It's almost, oh, really? it's almost equivalent. It's, it's almost equivalent to 25. Story building. Oh god! Huge. Okay, that's massive. Well, yeah, that that's yeah, massive. And, and Denver's a very windy city too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you come off, the I, I've never, I, I've never been to Denver, but I, I would think that I'm like mm. that thing's gonna yeah, fall it's on a, somebody. It's a, yeah, it's massive. No, it's that thing is like pure. I, mean, I think it's made out of iron. Uh, if yeah. I if I remember I'm correctly, sure but um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's then the airport is about about a good twenty to thirty minute drive from any any type of civilization mm. nothing was built around that area like most airports are and stuff like that you got to drive into denver proper to go to hotel and stuff like that but uh 
but it's definitely it's definitely a low key conspiracy theory. Yeah. But uh, but uh, one of my one of my favorite fun ones to talk about. Okay, very very. Look, the, the only thing I will ask about um, uh, Denver Airport as well is uh, I saw in the video there was a gargoyle that was very funny, very witty that comes to life. Yeah. Uh, have you actually ever interacted with the gargoyle? No. I looked for the I looked for that gargoyle. Well, the funny part is this, this is a fairly new airport. It was built in ninety five, ninety six, mm-hmm. and the last two times I've flown into Denver Airport, it was under construction again. Oh, like okay. massive construction. They had all these scaffolds put up, and they're redoing things. And I'm and then like of course because I know about this conspiracy theory, I'm yeah, like hmm, curious. Why are they doing curious. construction <laughs> again? It's not like you got a leak. You know, yeah, you need yeah. All, and, I, and I'm not talking about like a little, I'm talking about like massive like construction, all of a massive construction, like, like looks like it, they were trying to. And then when last time I traveled, when it wasn't under construction, it looks exactly the damn same. I don't know what the hell they did. Mm, new events for the extra, for the yeah, extra levels. For the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So that's number okay, 10. Now. All right. So number nine, what's number nine on your list? Stonehenge and other monoliths. Ah, Stonehenge, yeah, very cool. So, what what about that in particular um, sparks your interest? So uh, that's that's one of my my favorites. And and when we're talking about like the uh, monoliths and a lot of like ancient structures, you know, we're talking about like the pyramids, uh, not just the ones in Egypt, but we're talking about the ones in you know. Um, Machu Picchu, things like that. When yeah. you, when you're looking at the size of these stones, um, obviously, you know, hundreds of thousands of years have gone and, you know, drag marks and all that has gone. But, you know, with the technology of the, the people of that era, well, how the hell did they put two that have to weigh at least, you know, what uh, a good 10 tons yeah. and then put another one hor- horizontally on top of it. How do they get that up there? That's one. Uh, the second of it is the way that, and it's kind of like Orlando alluded to when you look at pictures and things, you're going to see what you want to see, but it's, it's, it's interesting how a lot of these monoliths that are thousands and thousands of miles apart always happen to line up in a specific pattern. Um, and then, and, and who put them there? Another one is like the, the ginormous heads, uh, of Orlando's, um, Easter predecessors Island. on, on Easter yeah. Island. Yeah. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, hey, you got me yesterday. So now, I'm, now I'm, all of Australia knows that I have a ginormous head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you have those and then, um, other, other monoliths, um, they have actually even in St. Augustine, there's a castle that is made pretty much like of, um, coral. Coral. Okay. Uh, I think it's actually, no, not coral, but I think it's limestone. Okay. Limestone. limestone. I believe it's yeah. limestone. It is limestone. And these are very big, very heavy blocks. And again, when we're talking about other, other structures, when we talking about like uh, Machu Picchu and all that and the um, ancient Egyptians, how are they creating such perfect angles with stone carving hand tools? Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, it, go go, Linda. Go ahead. I no, just, go ahead, Darren. Go I was ahead. just going to say, yeah, it's funny you say that because I remember watching uh, In Search of 
back in the day, I think it was maybe uh, early 80s. Reacher. Yeah, maybe late 70s with Leonard Nimoy. And yeah. there was a in a in the States, there was a guy who was creating a house or a castle for what he always used to call his sweet 16. So his his wife that was coming. And he was one of these guys who could you never saw him work but you saw the product of his work and he had one of these massive doors that swung or pivoted on its axis and you could you know it was as you know multiple tons and you could actually just push it with your finger and i think that's what you were referring to before julian and but no one ever actually saw him working and they were you know there were lots of um uh, ideas on how he did it and that he was actually using ley lines and things like that and the, the earth's power to actually, uh, elevate, uh, or levitate these, these blocks of granite and then cut them and things like that. But yeah, there's a lot of Druidian lore around, uh, the, the English hinges and they they all seem to line up with astronomical points in the sky. Uh, which, you know, like you said, over a, such a great distance between different sites, that to get it so correct uh, in that period and that era is, is crazy. Um, obviously, we'll get onto, I'm sure, uh, you know, the pyramids as we go along in your your list. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing that they could they could do that back then. When you know, you think about, for example, in in Egypt with the the pyramids, they didn't use a wheel. The wheel had been invented, but not in Egypt. And it was it was crazy that they were still able to do things like create these massive monoliths. And like you said, there's others in Machu Picchu. And I think it's it. I find it just fascinating because like I I I look at modern technology now, and I look at how how things are done, and then you think you know all we know of history is what we write of history, right? Like it's 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 so to me like you know these what kind of tools they use and, and how, and to, and how the hell did these stones stay erect all these years after being put up like that? No support. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to London, um, uh, almost two years ago now. And I went to go see Stonehenge because I had to go. I was like, if I'm here, I have to go see it. And it's, it's, it's a breathtaking sight. It's beautiful. Like, okay. it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tourist attraction, but it's, it's a beautiful sight. But I'm not gonna lie, man. Like, I felt like, I don't know if it's just in my head, but I felt like an energy yeah. being there. Like, I felt like the goosebumps. Yeah. And, and I'm just looking at, and like, I, I couldn't even concentrate on like the tour guide and what they were saying because I just kept staring at that rock. And I'm like, could me and 10 of my best friends lift that <laughs> rock? And how, yeah. And how the hell, how are we going to do it? Like, did they have the pulley system then? You know, like, how, how was it done? You know, what, what, I'm thinking like, what kind of donkey is, is gonna, is gonna drag that, that damn rock all the way across wherever it came from. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. Well, that's the other thing with the hinges because with the pyramids, for example, all the, the rock came from a quarry close to where, for example, where the, the, uh, the great pyramid in Giza. Yeah, the quarry mm-hmm. was right there. But all these rocks for the stuff in um, Great Britain came from miles away, like a yep. long way away. And, you know, you're talking, like, as we said, you know, things that weighed tons and tons being transported from miles and miles and miles away to a special spot 
which a lot of people say sits on the Earth's ley lines of power and things like that. So, yeah, it's it, it's pretty impressive, and I, I'm I'm very envious actually that you've been there. I've uh, I've never been to one of those sites, and I, I do want to go one day. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I definitely highly recommend it. All right, so look, it's a great segue into your number eight choice, which is the pyramids. Pyramids, one of my favorites. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, who cannot be fascinated? By these structures oh, like completely. i just feel like I, I i don't i can't imagine a human alive that doesn't look at these i've never seen one in person but like you see these videos and you see these pictures of these massive massive triangles right mm. that's what they are but um structures structure well i didn't want to use the word structure twice so but <laughs> but they're okay. these massive well, we'll tri- massive triangles, triangles right cones kind of language it's all right <laughs> and uh it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <You> cheeky colonials, <laughs> damn yanks. Uh, but yeah, so you know, it's to me, they've always since I was a little kid, man. Like, um, oh, geez, what was the show you just mentioned, Darren? In search um, of, in search of, in search of, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember watching the reruns of that when I was a little kid and watching Unsolved Mysteries, yes, yeah. Um, Show, show here in the states um i don't know if it made it over to you guys but um but yeah uh, unsolved mysteries and and uh later the history channel and national geographics and i would i mean anything with pyramids i was like glued like yeah absolutely fascinated. and you know you of course you'd watch movies like king tut and mummy movies and you hear about all the treasure that's buried under the there curses. Yeah. it's just Makes for a good storyline. Honestly, you know, and, I, and I'm going to tr- show my true, like, dorkness and in, in my child history. One of the movies that really, I'm, like, embarrassed to even admit this, that got me really hooked on it was the DuckTales. Okay. Movie. Yeah, yeah. I think you were going to say Scooby-Doo, that, but, yeah, DuckTales, yeah, I can understand. wrong with it. <laughs> That that was an awesome movie. DuckTales are fantastic. But you remember it was, it was about an Aztec and pyramid. Yes. And they were going to find Golden, yeah. um, at the lost treasure of whoever. And you know that's always always stuck to me. And I and I've always dink wanted dink to know. Do. Good dink do. Good dink do. But um, you know, I could always count on Julian for those those absolute. This is why we get along. Little creeps. The most garbage information in the world, but but and I can't remember anything. He remembers it all, but um, yeah. So it's always been a fascination. Like you know, even like now, modern films like The Mummy and National Treasure, and I've always wanted to know like what the hell is inside. Mm. And then you know, the po- you pose the question like, well, how, okay, what's inside? But how the hell were these structures made? Like how like. You know, you you hear these stories about thousands and millions of people that were put into slave labor, but yet now with all the modern technology that we have, we can't reproduce how these pyramids were made in the time frame oh, that it was made. No, no, look, completely right, and and that's the thing. There's parts of the inner chambers where you can't get a credit card in between. The blocks, yeah, because they are so precise. And for me, that's why when people talk about slaves that built the pyramids, I, I, I couldn't see people who it wasn't their their life's passion doing work like this. So maybe Absolutely. okay, the grunt work with some slaves, but uh, this was a this was a passion project to do that 
quality of work uh, over that time, 14 years. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. Julian and, and I, and you also, and you also go on that when you think about these works of quote unquote man, um, that have lasted thousands of years are still standing. But then you go through a modern city that has a 20 year old building and that thing's falling, it's apart, falling apart. And we're supposed to be technologically advanced. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. crazy. It's, it's fantastic. And, and again, so, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, and again, you see the precise nature of the points of the pyramids lining up with the North Star and things like that, that they've proven that the North Star was in a different position back then. And it's, you know, there's, there's lots of pyramids all over and they all have a, uh, astronomical significance. Other people attribute an astrological, uh, which is one and the same, I guess, when it comes to the stars. But, um, mm. uh, the, the, the preciseness for, you know, you think about this, what, four and a half thousand years ago, that's 2000 years before Pythagoras and yeah. his idea of, you know, the triangle. So, um, yeah, it's, that's what really I think is an impressive part of the whole pyramid law. Julian, Julian and I both share the theory that a higher power definitely helped along. You know, we, we think that, it, it, you know, like I said, this is where we start really geeking out into, yeah. <laughs> into crazy theories and, this is and stuff part. like that. And it, yeah. And this, and this is where like it bleeds into some of the lists, but like, you know, where did that technology go? Like mm. if humans were that evolved to do that, what happened, you know, and, and you have to take some credence into some of these, these theories of of these god type figures that were being worshipped and to in, back then by by what they've translated through hieroglyphics and stuff like that and Rah and Horus. So and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you have to think like maybe there was something out there. Maybe there was a higher power that lent some technology. Maybe there is some 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 movement in 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 these theories that you know maybe maybe we as humans got a little too advanced mm -hmm. and they pulled they pulled those pulled those genes out of our our body so i mean if you, i mean look at i mean i i'm it's no secret like we can't even agree on how to fix covid right Not like exactly it, you know what i'm saying like <laughs> devolved like, like a little we, bit <laughs> yeah we have devolved like humans are not the smartest things in the entire world it's uh honestly i i think other species in in on earth are looking at us like damn they done fucked it up again like you know like it's <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's definitely it's definitely hard to think that we we as humans were able to do this these these beautiful work of arts these structures back in the day and we can't even create a battery on a cell phone to last more than a year and a half. You know, like yeah. it's just it's just insane to me. Like, you know, we're still using unclean energy and stuff like that. So I think it's I think there might be a little bit of some higher power there. I think we were I think we were different for sure back then. Well, higher power or not, I think that that leads into, you know, one of my other favorite conspiracy theories, which is Atlantis. And that's also, a, mm -hmm. there's an idea behind lost civilization, mm -hmm. lost technology, things like that. So I was actually surprised I didn't see that on your list, but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't put it as, I didn't put it as a conspiracy theory because I don't feel like anybody's hiding it. Yeah. There's no I, basis. I, I, so, label, so, yeah. I label, I label it more as a myth. Yes. Yeah. You're correct. People I think still so. trying to, you know, I yeah, think they're, 100%. I, I think that. 
I think nations, I think the nations of like Egypt and, and Africa, I think people, I think people know what is under those pyramids. They just don't want to let people know yeah, what's okay. under those. But, uh, but do I mean, we'll be more than happy to come back on another podcast, talk about Atlantis. Cause that's, a, that's definitely, I scratched it off the list. Cause I'm like, hey, it's not really a conspiracy theory. We, we might have theory. to do that. We might have to do that. But leading into, uh, people not wanting to let you know what's under the pyramids. Uh, it's a nice little segue into your number seven. What's your number seven top conspiracy theory? This is, this is Julian's wheelhouse. Julian loves <laughs> this. I'm going to like you, Julian. Well, Sit back and I, I relax. I love this one mainly because I'm actually a Freemason. Okay, 33rd level. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I get this a lot like from like all my coworkers and my friends and, you know, like, hey, when y'all take over the world, you know. So, you know, a lot of people talk about the Illuminati, the secret societies, you know, the, the, the New World Order, you know, how there's, um, you know, our government is a puppet government and there's uh, just uh, one – uh, a, a cell of, you know, elites that are actually running the entire world. And, uh, that one's one of my favorite ones only because that is an extremely plausible one because we understand that, you know, with politics and things like that, you know, there's a lot of corruption involved because it's all about interests, you know, interest groups, you know, uh, I'm going to fund you. So you back this bill to get through you know, um, onto the floor to be put into law. And, you know, uh, that's always known. Nobody ever says, yeah, that's what happened. But, you know, we, it's, it's a common, um, accepted idea of that. And, but nobody ever talks about who's behind, you know, who's the influencer, who is the person sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Who is, who's the, who is the puppet master behind all this? And I, I've always loved that, um, that particular conspiracy theory. And then again, going back to the fact that I'm a Freemason, I get those questions all the time. Yeah. Like all the time, you know, there, it, it you know, I'll go, somebody wants, is going to give me a fist bump and they're like, Oh, is this your, your Freemason, you know, secret handshake? I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say no. Really? It's actually more like this. Unfortunately, but, I couldn't uh, see what you did, but yeah, yeah, something like that. But, no, no, no. But, yeah, uh, no. I just, I, I just, yeah. I was just saying that. Uh, no, you were telling someone. No, that's not the fist pump. This is, this is actually the fist pump for us, thirty yeah, uh, no, third Scottish Rite Masons. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Right but, on. Um, yeah, it's definitely a. It's so definitely, you're a traveling man. <laughs> but yeah, so it's definitely uh, a weird. Um, I, not weird. I think this is definitely one of these conspiracy theories. I think this is the one that is probably the most true. I truly believe that there are people in higher power that influence local, local, federal governments, world leaders. I really, I truly believe this because. You know, like Julian said, there's a lot of special interests out there. And, you know, I think we've I think we might even have seen some of it over the years with, you know, questionable people, you know, coming into into presidency or or, you know, leaders around the world being toppled or, you know, it's it. It'd be ignorant to dismiss the idea that there isn't influence people. I mean, if you could influence somebody to, you know go eat mcdonald's 
you know, you can influence you can influence somebody with a lot of money, more money to do more crazier things. Oh, for sure, for sure. And and that's we, and we even, you think about the contraction of the of the the banking system that we have now, and the families behind that that put a stranglehold on the you know debted society from from then till now. We live in that world constantly. Yeah, it's it's actually sad to think that someone it, out there is pulling those strings like that for sure and and it's really something that is not really honestly that far-fetched because when you look at at least this country's history a lot of the people in power were not the um politicians they were the 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 families of you know like generational wealth families the rockefellers the duponts yes the rothschilds yeah you know you had all these people that you know it's like no decisions were going to be made unless Somebody get it unless they got the nod from them saying, yeah, that's cool. You can go ahead and do that. And even today, um, with, and the thing about, I love about conspiracy theories is that conspiracy theories can start from just anything. This particular conspiracy theory, even COVID, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there saying that, yeah, this is a, is an underground, under, you know, underworld, uh, organization that, you know, they saw things were off balance and they needed to, kind of thinned to hurt a little bit so all of a sudden a virus is just spreads through one country that later spreads to the entire you know the world's population and everybody's suffering from it i mean you i mean the only other time that i ever seen something um like in a movie is like world war z or even the the movie outbreak, outbreak where yeah. it, it was something thing, yeah. of 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 such a, a devastation at you know at, at such a grand scale but now you're talking about, you know, something that a lot of people are saying that there's patents for COVID, you know, for the novel COVID-19 virus. That there's an actual patent for it. Um, and, and all these stories, all these conspiracy, conspiracy theories as to where it originated. And one of them is that it was a, a, a new world order that they needed to thin the herd or, you know, just cause something or even for the for, for, for the to push the vaccine you know, to make a profit. I mean, there, there's so many ways, so many directions that you could actually go with that. Speaking speaking of that, in terms of the idea about thinning the herd, you, are you familiar with the Georgia Guidestones? The Georgia no. Guidestones? Guidestones? No. Yeah. No. Okay. So these are, uh, there was a, you know, I won't say a monument, but there was a something that was erected in Georgia and they're, they're, it's carved into stone. There's, I think, 10 principles or 10 uh, laws or guides for a a future community or a future world where th- we're in balance, and some of the things that they actually refer to in the, on the Georgia Guidestones are a world population, I think, of less than five hundred million or something like that, and there's some other tenants that they've actually put on these guidestones, and no one, well, supposedly, no one knows who paid. For the guidestones to be um, created, or and who put them there, and the 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 local council and things like that are feigning. Well, I think they're feigning, um, you know, no knowledge of the uh, of the guidestones being put there. But it, it's funny. It's it's uh, it's one of the Illuminati. Uh, one of the things that uh, people who believe in the Illuminati and the, a new world order they hang their hat on the the fact that these George Guidestones were created and that, you know, part of what they 
espouse is the fact that there should be a much, much smaller population on Earth. Mm. So I've, 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 I've heard things like that, but not this one in particular. So that's pretty interesting. I'm going to have to do some research. Yeah, check it out. Georgia Guidestones. I, when I first started listening to podcasts, my first three podcasts, oh, three of the first podcasts, there was others, but three of them were conspiracy shows. Like, I love conspiracies yes. as well. So, um, uh, Richard Serrett with, um, uh, his show, uh, THC is, a, uh, the, the higher side chats with Greg Carwood. Um, and, uh, conspiracies unlimited, unlimited, which is now, uh, Richard Serrett, uh, his second show. Uh, I listened to, to all those and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm pretty much like yourself. I'm a bit of a nerd and I, I like, uh, listening and seeing what other people's opinions are on the same topic and, it's funny conspiracy theory guys can get really really parochial and defensive if <laughs> if you start to question their interpretation of something so um it's yeah it makes for good listening i have noticed that about about that a, a, a conspiracy theorists are almost like rival mm. team fans yeah definitely they, they cannot <laughs> yeah. take you know the the uh, the pressure of somebody questioning their team, or in this case, their conspiracy, because they get very defensive. I have noticed that. Yeah, like yeah. like flat like flat earthers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like like, I, like <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's a conspiracy theory that's just not fucking worth no. the time. Like honestly, like watching some of these people talk about flat Earth, it makes me nauseous. Yeah. Like I, I've never want I've, I've never I've never heard someone speak about a topic and then make me think of hurting them yeah. because it's just such unintelligence it's not even funny yeah and it's funny because you're talking about uh, you know uh, us as a species going backwards uh, if you ever want to point to uh, one idea that uh, pretty much represents that that could be it so <laughs> yeah. anyway flat, flat earths the flat earthers and the and and those who think dinosaurs are fake those are <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, they're just bones. <laughs> Could be anything. Catholics. <laughs> Catholics. <laughs> Even Catholics. <laughs> uh, the dinosaurs the part. Oh, okay. yeah, this is a safe place. Politics hey, and religion. Hey, we don't. We don't. We don't go near there. <laughs> All right. Look, guys. That's your your first ten to seven uh, in the the list. I'd like to, if we can, take a break now, and I can ask you some more questions about your uh, your podcast. So, yeah. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask was when you first, and you sort of answered it, I guess, but when you first started the podcast, was there any, did you have an alternative idea to what it was going to become to what it did become? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's evolved. Um, <laughs> I, I laughed because we, it was a little bit of growing pain. So, we figured when we first started, right, we kind of were just regurgitating what was going on in the world, right? And, yeah. um, and we would talk about it, give our opinion, and just kind of laugh about it and make light of the situation. And then we kind of said, well, let's let people, let's bring people into our lives, you know, about our children, our wives, and then, we went back to regurgitating news and then we like added segments in there to um uh it was it was playfully called dumb shit on the internet where we would find just the, the crazy stories for example um 
how a, a, a small restaurant in South Carolina um, uh, would put blow up dolls in the in in uh in their boots, the boots. <laughs> so that way the, it that way the when they were six feet apart the boot the restaurant looked full okay yeah and, yeah and 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 uh so very 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 interesting stories but um you know and honestly we honestly right julian we were struggling with content you know we felt like we sounded like ghetto news anchors just regurgitating what was going on in the world and our episodes that we had talked about being fathers and being husbands and how we met our wives and you know things like that were getting more traction than us just bsing about nonsense that you would see on cnbc or cnn Mm. um so you know i think it was julian's idea to say hey let's 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 talk about our, our our journey and mental health and I was like, sure, man, let's do it. And um, that was a really tough episode for the both of us. Like, if I re-listened to that episode a couple times, and there were definitely times in there where, you know, you can hear it in our voices that we were, you know, getting emotional or choked up a little bit because we were opening up. And honestly, and it wasn't even so much because we knew people were going to listen to it. It was just because two friends who had never heard our stories before and our struggles, you know, we were letting our our guard down. You know, we yeah. were we were we we were talking about things that we're not men aren't supposed to talk about. So, you know, we did the episode, we aired the episode, and by the afternoon the next day after publishing it, I mean, man, the 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 text messages, the DMs the emails of people, you know, reaching out to me and Julian were crazy. Like, oh my God, I didn't know this about you. Like, you're such a, I'm a, uh, you're such a happy guy. You're like the the center of attention, the life of the party. Like, I would, I can't imagine you being depressed. I didn't know you hit it so well. Yeah. Or, or, um, man, that takes a lot of guts to talk about that. I'm proud of you. Um, and then it really hit home because we had some people actually reach out to us and tell us that, you know, after listening to our that particular episode, that they went out and got help, that they that they literally stopped what they were doing. And, and they were like, wow, what what Julian and I were describing was what they were going through and they were having problems with their spouse and and children and and they were having this overwhelming you know sense of fear but you know they couldn't say anything because they were afraid you know because they're not supposed to they're supposed yeah. to toughen up and go out there and be a provider and keep it a secret like no one wants to hear that yeah. you know don't 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 be a don't be a bitch like they say here in <laughs> stateside and uh and it's uh it's it, it was crazy and you know i I called Julian and I'll let Julian, I guess I'll let Julian finish where we went from there. Yeah, no. And that's kind of where, um, I don't want to say that we found our, our niche because we still did a couple of episodes, but then that really started narrowing down, um, what we, what we speak about as far as topics and, one of the things moving forward from there is, is, is we just, we, we just, we got personal. 
we we got yeah. personal yeah. and one of the things about us well at least me i'm super private like super private i do not talk about my private life uh openly and that was at first it was a, it was a little bit of a struggle for me because it's just not who i am yes. but again from the feedback that we started receiving um we just kind of started running with it and um we kind of fell now that we kind of went back to work and stuff like that. But another part of the the podcast early on is we were, uh, we, we were literally treating it like a small business. We were having production meetings, okay. you know, we were getting our, our production notes ready that way we were, you know, had a topic that we were going to talk about, you know, we throughout the day we would, and at that time we were just, kind of teleworking so it was very easy for us to do that um you know bouncing off ideas uh throughout the week and then come recording time you know we had all our you know we you know crossed all our t's and dotted all our lowercase j's <laughs> and we went Gave but some, there yeah. was a couple of times that we there was a couple of times that we just kind of went from the hip but they were more honest and we kind of went away from the production meetings. Now we just kind of have a phone a phone call here and there and say, Hey, this is what we're going to talk about. Cool. We'll do our research. You know, we have, um, the platform that where we just dump what we're going to talk about and then we go from there. But the, the, um, in one of those production meetings, we just kind of came up. We're like, you know, let's just talk about what guys don't talk about, what men don't talk about. Yeah. And that kind of really, uh, it is where we, where it became our, our, our niche of the, the, the predominantly all our episodes moving forward have been talking about those things, you know, toxic masculinity, yes. you know, how to raise, uh, uh, your, your children, you know, to be like w- with men, to be gentle, gentlemen. Um, we have strayed a couple of times. You know, Can to talk about some 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 things because we felt we needed to address like the George Floyd and all that stuff. <laughs> yes, but definitely. that's been our our that's been our path pretty yeah. much since. Yeah. But we always try to keep it within that realm. Like we know, like I mean, there's only so many topics that we could talk about being a man, you know. And yeah. And it's funny because we we actually had it. We interviewed somebody um yesterday for our podcast that will be airing um soon and you know he was talking about audience and analytics and stuff like that and i told him i said you know it's funny because we have a podcast about what men don't want to talk about but majority of our listeners are female oh okay that's surprising and yeah and and you and we find this surprising too but if you really i mean if you think about it man like it's you know, a lot of, you know, all our life, we've all, be, we've always been trying to figure out women. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. Right. That's been the, the thing. Like, yep. what do women want? I'm not a mind reader. You know, this, that, like, you know, I think it's the time that we need to start thinking is the reason why we don't know what they want is because no one taught us anything. Yeah. And they don't know us just as much as we don't know them. You know, they look at us as these supposed to be these chiseled providers that are, that, will will hold the house up on their shoulders yeah. and just melt their melt their stress away when need be and you know we're just human too we have emotional sides you know we're weak in certain areas um but we were never taught how to deal with that so yeah. um not invincible so, 
Yeah, we're not we're not invincible, that's for sure. We're fallible but, as um, well. <laughs> yeah. So um so yeah, it's a, so it's it's definitely lean to that and it's actually it's a it's a challenge to continuously week after week to find something to talk about. It's also a challenge because, you know, I, I I'm sure you know we live in a very triggered culture where people are sensitive to certain ideas. Yeah. And, you know, but you know, Julie and I we keep our heads down, you know, it's our opinion. You know, but it's a real opinion. We're talking. You're not getting influenced by celebrities. Yes. You know, like yes. we are normal working dudes that you know that have kids that deal with real life problems on a daily basis, and we figure let's for our sanity we channel it through our podcast for the world to hear. And then, you know, and and hopefully we can touch somebody else, you know, like, you know, maybe somebody's having issues, you know, talking about their body image or maybe they don't know how to make certain changes or maybe they have, you know, maybe they maybe they have over aggressive tendencies and stuff like that. So we're, we hope that we are helping individuals. We don't care if it's one or or 100, but we're helping people try to understand themselves better or their partner better through us, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that's the appeal of your show. I think, you know, the, the shows that you've done, especially the one about depression and the one about your about raising the kids and your lives in terms of how you met your wives and things like that, and mm-hmm. um, they're, you know, they're very open and honest in there. Like you said, they're from a couple of guys who, you know, they, they do a podcast, but I wouldn't call you celebrities, but, you know, and that's what people appreciate that, you know, they can relate. Um, and yeah. yeah, they can empathize with, with what, what you're going through or what you, you went through. And even if they, they haven't been through exactly what you've been through, you know, you guys touch on things that are, are relevant to everybody. Uh, and especially men. Uh, and it's a lot of things that, you know, certain generations, you, you didn't get depression. Depression wasn't a word that was around. You know, uh, the blues, yeah. for example, was something really that, you know, housewives got. And men, you spoon a cement, kick in the ass and get on with it. And, yeah, absolutely. And it's refreshing that, you know, like two guys like yourself can actually be so open with uh, your feelings and what you've been through. And I think, uh, well, you know yourself that it's helped a lot of people, which is great. So. Yeah. But one thing I will ask, though, it's because you are so open and honest and you have ta- spoken about your, your wives and your families and divorces and sleep apnea and and, uh, and <laughs> cancer and, and, and a lot of things. Do you get any sort of feedback or, you know, sort of uh, your wives come and listen to the podcast and they admonish you later on or you, you're in trouble later on for something that you've said or <laughs> – um. Uh, I, uh, me personally, no. My wife is not a faithful listener of the podcast, but she does pick and choose a couple episodes, and and she definitely likes giving her opinion. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, every so often she comes around joking. I'm like, did you talk to people and tell them what an amazing woman you have at home? And I'm like, yeah, honey. But like, she'll give us, she'll give like good feedback. Like, you know, sometimes I, we get into, I personally get into like a bit of a, a, a cursing tangent where I'll drop like five F bombs in a three word sentence. 
and uh and she's like you know you try not to curse so much like i know it's you i know you don't want to change who you are but it you know it's not it takes away from your credibility from what you're saying and and things like that but i personally have not said anything damaging to my (laughs) to my relation i don't know about julian (laughs) but uh but i know i haven't i'm interested (laughs) to hear (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually very blessed, uh, you know, and, and both our wives have been actually very supportive that they give us, you know, this hour, hour and a half, you know, whatever it takes for us to record. But um, I'm, I'm kind of blessed, you know. My, my, my wife is uh, Puerto Rican. She understands English, but not that great, and she's not into like, you know, she, she'd rather watch her, you know, Telemundo Univision than yeah. listen to uh to two you know uh dude speaking english and she'll her her attention span just goes down to zero and she turns it off so no but no i mean uh i I do tell her what we talk about and you know she's cool with it but as far as not our wives but i know that uh, i think uh your sister or your cousin oh yeah yeah yeah. julian (laughs) has definitely has definitely struck some some chords out there with um, some of his comments. He didn't know. Uh, well, yeah. Spe- specifically around millennials and, and being soft and, yes. uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, that seems to be so, a bit of a thing on, on one of the conversations in one of the earlier podcasts when, you know, I, I, I mentioned to, you know, that I felt bad and then I, you know, my wife was doing stuff. And so I just, you know, trying to be a good husband, I asked her, Hey babe, you know, what do you need me to do? You know, can I help you? And then she'll say, find something to do. And you know, the thing that I said, I was like, listen, talk to me like I'm stupid. Give me some direction. (laughs) All right. And apparently, (laughs) you know, Orlando's relatives, the husband kind of said, Talk to me till I come stupid, and he he got an earful from uh, was it your sister or your <laughs> yeah. cousin? Yeah, uh, uh, actually, it's funny because my my wife my my wife will be like, okay, this is me talking to you like you're stupid, Orlando. I'm taking your advice, and I'm telling you how hard is it to pick up socks off the floor. <laughs> and, and of course, in natural fashion, I'm like, well, apparently it's pretty hard because it's been it's been uh, ten years and they still can't figure it out. <laughs> and it's a worldwide <laughs> phenomenon too, so it's happening everywhere. So <laughs> men are not picking their socks up all over the world. Yeah, so yeah. I, it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, is what I'm talking. About. So, so Julian, just one thing: you're telling me that you didn't get in trouble for telling that that joke that uh, you translated into English about uh, the single man who. Looks in his bed and then uh, doesn't nope. go to the fridge because and- I t- <laughs> no because I told I, I I my mom told me that joke ah okay um, okay, okay. <laughs> so this is like can you tell that you joke know, leave it on, mom. <laughs> can you tell that and, joke because no, uh, I'll wreck it, it, it oh <laughs> off record why why, why do why, why is it that uh, men gain weight after marriage exactly is because when they're you know, when they're single, they'll get out of bed, go to the fridge, open the fridge and be like, ah, not the same thing again. Go back to bed. Once they're married, they'll look under the covers and say, ah, not the same, same thing, not, yeah. not the same thing again. And go to the fridge. <laughs> yeah. I told my wife that joke and I got in trouble. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you, you've, uh, you've Affecting done your work. People. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would get me in trouble, and I, I, you know what, I was so fond of that joke, though. I thought it was so funny that I had to, uh, I had to relay it as well. So, um, uh, good job. So, <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. No, no, no. My my wife is is totally. I mean, 
she this is how I am yeah. in English or in Spanish. Yeah, I, I say very outlandish, uh, semi. Um, you know, I, I I guess I'm at that point in 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 my life where my brain went from. Uh, maybe you shouldn't say that to ah, see what happens. Well, although you say that, but I, 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 I listen to you guys sometimes when you're talking about stuff and it probably it's when you're talking about politics or maybe something that's hedging towards religion or something like that. But mostly, yeah, when you're talking about, you know, the, the generational, uh, um, issues that the, the issues that different generations have like uh, Gen X or Gen Z or millennials and things like that, that I, I think I can actually, it's palpable. I can hear the sweat beating on your brow and your hands <laughs> tightening and they're going white because you want to chime in and say something, but you don't. Well, <laughs> that, that was kind of like one of the ground rules that we set um, forth when we, when we began this journey into this podcast is two things that we really try not to talk about. Our religion and politics, yeah. um, mainly because we have opinions about religion and politics. And for example, my mom is like, like Sunni Catholic. I okay. mean, she right now, even during COVID, she's going to mass every day, virtually yeah. every morning. Uh, and even that conversation I don't have with my mom because, you know, I don't share the the I, I don't share her level and her belief system and her structure. Yeah. You know, I have my faith. I do believe. But I, I there's some stuff that I question and I don't like about that particular religion. And then also with the politics is because um we just oh my god i'm just so tired of the of of the it, it, it gets so vicious here when yeah. you get into politics and i have i personally have friends on both sides of you know right and left most of my friends kind of know where i lean but i i always stray away from that conversation because even in in the past i think i i, I mentioned that i i've lost friendships over some something as dumb as a political idea yeah. so yes i you can yes I, i'm white knuckling because i'm <laughs> holding on to something because yes i do want to chime in and i do want to drop uh something but i also know it, it, it's, it's self-awareness i yeah, know yeah. it's not gonna go well yeah, so i yeah. yeah it's it's also something that when we first started you know we like I know Julian's humor and Julian knows my personality and, you know, we became friends in a bar. So we have a very bar centric humor. You know, we mm -hmm. have dirty mouths, you know, we say things that, you know, people outside of that friendship group probably won't get or find really offensive. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, I know for a fact that I've offended a lot of people in my time and I could shit less, but at the same time, when doing this, I wanted to make sure that this show would be for everybody. Yeah. So whether you are, you know, whether you're you're super conservative or ultra liberal or if you are a Christian or a devil worshiper, you can sit down it's and you can listen to our show yeah. and 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 understand what we're going through, because at the end of the day, we're all we're all fucking human. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, what what you follow or whatever you know if you cut us we all bleed the same blood exactly so um so it's it was very important for me to just you know i don't mind pushing the envelope and i think since you know darren you've heard you've heard our show 
you you know that there's times where we do push that envelope and our jokes get a little racy and yeah. and and whatnot. But you know, at the same time, we know when to pull it back and. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and there's been there's been a few times where we had to edit a few a few <laughs> things that we've <laughs> that we said where I'm like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. But, uh, but you know, it's but it's 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 all in fun. And, and we try to we as much as sometimes we make fun of those generations about being too sensitive or soft. At the same time, our ta- our our show is about being more sensitive and and self-aware and. So we don't want to knock people for having those feelings, but, you know, but it's okay to think that, you know, a certain generation can toughen up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And that's the, I I think it's, it's very brave of you actually to start doing these live shows because, uh, I'm sure that you're, you're on edge sometimes to not say the the wrong thing. (laughs) So it's very brave of you. Oh, Darren, you have no idea. The, I, you, I, I'm sweating like my bottom half is sweating during those live. <laughs> these live videos are yeah. all Julian's idea. I have been fighting him tooth and nail not to do them yeah. since the inception of this podcast. And I broke down and I, I was like, fine, let's do it. And uh, it's been going good so far. But yeah. it, but yeah. it is scary because you don't know what could come off. Exactly. The tip of the top. No. And not even that. At this point, I know what Julian is going to say. It's really scary when we have. Now that we're starting to introduce um, guests onto the show live, I'm I'm more nervous about what the guest might say than than what we will say. Yeah, well, that is a concern that you've got to. I guess you've got to uh, take into account because uh, you can't control what they're going to say. So <laughs> definitely. All right, guys. Look, why don't we get back into the countdown? Um, I think we're up to number six. Uh, why don't uh, you guys tell us what your number six is, please? For Top conspiracy theories. The infamous moon landing. Mm, Joe Rogan's favorite. Joe Rogan's favorite. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's uh it's so let's so it's a known fact that they they did um falsify photos, right? Because they couldn't take proper photos, they didn't have the equipment for, so there was some staging of photographs and stuff like that. But I just I just find it so uh, the biggest thing that's odd to me is that there was this huge race to the moon. We get there, and then we just stop going. We just stopped going. Yeah. I, why? Yeah. Like, why? Like, what was on? Did it happen? Did we see something on the moon that scared us? You know, what What the hell is up there? Or was it really completely false? Like, I, it, it's it, – it, 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 it's crazy to me because you know all we what like I think the like the most we've done is as a human is the space station yes. and orbited around Earth yes. and uh, you know we've sent we've sent plenty of ro- uh, rovers and drones or whatever to Mars and to and to the Moon but we've never gone back why you know it's- why Julian why haven't we gone back <laughs> I don't sign the paychecks. I have no idea. <laughs> well, they say it, that- it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, just I mean, okay. So now recently they did announce, and the only reason I know is because my wife watches Wapa and Tele- Telemundo, and she's <laughs> you know swollen up with Puerto Rican pride because um, they have made this uh, selection of the astronauts who are going to be going up to for the next moon 
uh, exploration in like 2026. And one of them happens to be Puerto Rican. So now, you know, all of Puerto Rico celebrating, uh, going to make a holiday and everybody's going to start drinking. Um, but why we haven't gone back? I mean, and, and, and it really, really, uh, it, it boggles the mind to me because, you know, when, like Orlando said, we, there was this race and, and it was a global race between uh, the Chinese, between the Russians, between the Americans. So who's going to get there first? Part of the Cold War. Who's, yeah, who's going to, who, who, who's going to call five on it? Yeah. Like they say over here. And, um, you know, supposedly we were the ones that, that made it. And what now we call dibs on it and nothing else is, it's, it's kind of like a kid with a, with a, with a new present. They play with it for like a few hours and then never touch it again. Well, well, that's the thing. I guess the the launches yeah, back in the sixties and things like that. After we did get to, well, when I say we, I mean humans, um, uh, did get to the moon. The the ratings for future launches of rockets and things like that really fell off a cliff. So the community or the the population. That, uh, were watching all these, uh, moonshots and things like that. It's lost interest. And I guess that's part of the reason why, you know, the funding probably dried up a little bit. Although I, I, I sort of tend to agree when you were talking about with the photos and things like that, you know, and the radiation, the Van Allen belt and all that sort of thing. There's, there's lots of practical reasons why they would have maybe done PR shots that they've tried to put forward as actual photos taken from the moon because everything was destroyed and they had to have something because it was you know it was something that was was monumentous and they'd beaten the russians to the moon and they they needed proof and evidence so they were going to do anything that they could to make sure that uh, they had evidence of them being up there so why we haven't been back though i i must admit i've heard some uh, stupid reasons like they lost the information uh, they you know I they mean, lost the ability uh, which is, you know, when you're talking about the, like, the, 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 the technology, and even we talked about the, the advances in technology, and I'm not even talking about, you know, in the last hundred years. I'm talking about during that era from, you know, 10 to 15 years, mm. there was this huge technological jump, um, you know, in the race to get to the moon and things like that. Now, I mean, okay, so let me, let me look at it from like, um, you know, uh, what is the half half full half empty um point of view now there have been some setbacks that actually cost human lives and we're talking about like in 80 what was it 85 the challenger explosion yeah, of course. and yeah. then later in the um, you know what was it like 2003 the columbia explosion yeah. which you know uh you know it, it cost lives so w- when you're talking about the loss of human lives and something as you know exploration that I guess tends to demotivate, uh, the populace. But okay, we send a rover to Mars to explore and take mud samples. Okay. The moon is not that far. Why have we not sent other rovers to kind of do this exploration and wait for Elon Musk to send people up there? Um, kind of situation. Cause Makes either sense. way, we still have not been back. Yeah, definitely. Makes sense. And, and if and, there's, sorry, I was just going to say there's all these rare earth minerals and things like that up there that obviously someone would want. Why wouldn't they send something, some sort of exploration vehicle back there? 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, it's a it's a rich mineral environment. You're absolutely right. Like I feel, it, it's just it's even it's even crazier to think that nobody, even from from a corporate standpoint, has tried like private funding that has taken, you know, like Julian said, Elon Musk to 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 start planning trips back. But it's interesting. I you know, and of course my my inner nerd and conspiracy theory automatically thinks that again it's something's up there that people that that they just don't want us to know that's up there yeah definitely that's you know it when you don't go back to somewhere that was such a big deal uh, you all of a sudden lose interest in it people start to question why well you kind of lost interest just because you 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 completed the task because there's got to be more and usually explorers want to go further and really we didn't do much after getting to the moon uh you know recently we've you know like you said we've had the rovers and things like that go to mars and we've had lots of uh, satellites go out into the uh, outer reaches of our solar system but outside of that there hasn't been a lot of plans for exploration i guess maybe some more terrestrial uh concerns have stopped us from doing that but yeah it just doesn't it's a little counterintuitive i think and you can't even go with that one because you know they had the oh my god i forgot the name of the company but they were already having uh people to sign up for the first colonists of mars oh yeah okay, now we're talking about people taking a one-way trip to mars to colonize it hello moon right there <laughs> and that's it for part one as usual please subscribe rate and review wherever you can and if you would like to further support the show you can head on over to the show's patreon account or you can buy the show at coffee at buy me a coffee com slash my guest list pod where the proceeds will be used to improve this show and most importantly used to give back to the podcasting community and directly support other indie podcasters thanks for listening and i'll chat at you again with part two of this interview next week